Again, welcome to another beautiful Sunday service at the Lighthouse Digital Church. As always, we're so glad you could make it to church today. So last Sunday, Pastor Davis treated a sermon titled How to Lambano God's Promises and Reign in Life. First of all, the word Lambano means to actively receive. Not just receive, but to receive actively. It means to take what has been given and use it for yourself. Now, there are so many promises that God has given his children, but those promises are not just going to magically drop on us until we receive those promises. Now, how do we receive? How do we lambano those promises? Number one, you believe. But you don't just believe, you aggressively believe. That is, when you're praying for something, you picture yourself living in the future that you're praying for right now. And when you do that, you shift the focus from yourself to God because the pressure really should go to God. And trust me, there's no pressure with God because He's already taking care of our needs, right? You just, you know, remove that stress that you have currently and push it to God and start living in that future before you get there. After aggressively believing, you start speaking words of faith. If, for example, you're trusting God for healing, you start to confess healing. You don't confess negative stuff, you confess healing because that is what you're believing God for. After speaking words of faith, you step out in faith. You start to do what healthy people do. If you were bedridden, you get out of bed, you move, you walk, you, you jump, you do the stuff you couldn't do. You do that in faith and you leave it to God. God will take care of the rest. All he needs from us is to believe. I hope that we will apply these principles in our lives. And as we apply these principles, we will see the results because everything that God has promised to us is real. It is here right now is available for us to receive so we need to start lambanoing god's promises and reigning in life because that is why we are here on earth to reign as kings and priests so let's head over to church and hear the rest of the series reigning in life bye-bye now hallelujah Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you that we belong in the household of God. Thank you, Almighty God, that you are our King, our Lord, our God, our shield. But above all, thank you that you are our own Father. Thank you that, oh God, we have come to the presence of the Father this morning as beloved children of God to hear, to fellowship, to exchange, to live here, Father, O oh God, with springs in our steps, knowing fully well, O oh God, that we have met and encountered the grace of God. 
Lord, I thank you all, Mary God, that today it's going to be a family affair. A family affair. Every one of us, Lord, will leave your presence knowing fully well, O oh God, that you are always with us. We may have left your presence, but we never left you and you never left us. That you are always with us. Help us to carry a consciousness, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us. That you are not just a God who sits in heaven, but that you live inside of us. Wonderful Father, glorify the name of Jesus and edify your people in the name of Jesus. May the words that you have given to me this morning come out powerfully, precisely, consistently, and almighty God, succinctly, that every single heart will understand from the oldest to the youngest. We will get something out of this session by the grace of God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope you have enjoyed the worship experience. You know, it's been an awesome time in the presence of God. This morning, I want to continue on part three of the message that I started preaching for the month of July. It's called Reign in Life. How to Reign in Life by Christ Jesus. The main text we'll be looking at is Romans chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says, those who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign as kings in this life. Not in heaven. We reign as kings in this life. So God wants you to reign as a king in this life. Not when you get to heaven. The place where you need to reign as a king is in this life. Praise God. Now, in episode one, I spoke about the fact that it is important for you to know that you are a king because if you don't know that you are a king you cannot function as one that's the reason why you know in this ministry we focus a lot about the identity of the believer because the more you know who you are in christ what god has made you the power that you have and the fact that you belong in the household of god the fact that god lives inside of you the fact that you are not an ordinary person that understanding that reality will begin to help you to face life with the mindset of a winner, with the mindset of a victor. Praise God. So the first episode, part one, please you can go back to YouTube channel and watch it. it. Talks about the fact that where the word of the king is, there is power. So I want you to know that you have the power. That's the first thing. Know who you are as a king, and then you can act it out. The second step is that when you know that you are a king, then the next thing is to appropriate, you know, the power of that of, of being a king. The appropriation is the next thing. Last week, I spoke about a concept I called Lambano. Lambano. Um, Lambano essentially means that you should lay hold on something that is already yours and bring it to yourself. I'll give an example like if somebody pours water over your head, that is not Lambano. That's something that is poured on your head. But if I were to give you a, a bottle of water, you're thirsty, and I say, this is a bottle of water. Take it. Drink it. And you pick up the bottle, open it up like this, and you, you've drunk the water. That is lambanoing. You have laid hold on this water you've taken to yourself. But if somebody were to say to you, oh, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, and you say, there's water there, drink it. And the person refuses to drink the water. The person may have the water, but the person, have, uh, the person has not lambanoed the water the person has not taken hold of the water to take it yourself so last week we spoke about lambano why it is important for you to lambano now the bible says in the book of luke chapter 11 verse 9 to 13 the bible says in the free bible version it says i tell you 
Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. So um, this essentially is talking about if you ask you shall receive. Because that's what we spoke about last week that Historically, I've believed that asking you should receive means ask you should receive, ask you should receive, ask you get, ask you get, ask you get. But God has been showing me it's not just asking you get. It means when you ask, you must now reach out your hand and take what you have asked for because you know it has been given to you. Which means there is a need for you to appropriate what has been given to you. So if it is healing you are believing God for, if it's breakthrough in your business, if it's um, of confidence in your heart, if it's a new job. You need to do what you need to lay hold on it and i'm going to give you an example that will help you I'll give you an example that will help you you see if i'm looking for a job and i believe god i've prayed to god i say father thank you for a new job that you're giving to me and i receive it in jesus name you know how i'm going to land the job it means i'll go out there begin to look for work i'll look for work do up my cv i will get trained up i will get a mentor i'll get a coach but all along while i'm doing that this is where the power is i must carry a consciousness that that job is already mine that is what it means to lambalo okay so today i want to start talking about a new topic well a continuation of the topic that we've been talking about the rest of this month it's called rainy in life but today i want to talk about when a king prays when a king prays when a king prays you know you are a king as a child of the king of kings you are a king but when you as a king prays what happens or how should you as a king pray that's what we're going to be talking about today first excuse me first peter chapter 2 verse 9 first peter chapter 2 verse 9 now before i deep dive into the whole concept of prayer why did we bring prayer up as a tool for reigning is because god has created a kingdom or we belong in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is a priestly kingdom I want to say that very carefully the kingdom of God is not a democracy kingdom of God is not um, uh, all sort of government that you have in the world the kingdom of God is um, it's not even a monarchy you know the kingdom of God is theocracy you know if in theocracy God is the ruler of that kingdom yes but that God is your daddy is your father Right now, and he's because he's a ruler of the of the kingdom of his own kingdom, or he's a ruler of the entire universe, actually. But because he's a ruler, and you are a, a child of God, you get access to that rulership. You share in the rulership of God, you know, over the sphere of influence that He has placed you. So, but in the kingdom of God, it's all about the priestly responsibility. So it's not just about ruling the light, ruling the, ruling the entire system as a, as a government. But actually, there, there are priestly or prayerly responsibilities that God has, God has placed upon each one of his children. We belong in a kingdom that prays. That is the method that God has put in place. That prayer is the method that he has, placed in, he has put in place to allow us to agree with him. So, God has an agenda on the earth. But the agenda that God has on the earth which is the agenda that has been in his, in his heart from, right from the get-go, that agenda can only be actualized when his children on the earth agree. And how do we get the forces of, the forces of God or how do we get the support of God on this earth? 
is by praying. When we pray, we release into the atmosphere a, a powerful force that causes things to happen for us. So prayer is not uh, something that we put on the shelf as children of God. Prayer is actually very, very crucial to our work here. You know, we, are, uh, we belong in the kingdom that prays. We belong in the kingdom that prays. All right. So in some other kingdom, they might have a different ways in which they relate to one another. But in the kingdom of God, worship, prayer, those things are essential. All right. But you know, I love praying, but there are some errors in prayers that I will be addressing today. Now, this message um, is probably going to take two weeks for me to preach it, but I don't want to rush it because prayer is one of those um tools that god has given us that has been misused in the body of christ now god has given us a tool prayer as a tool to win in this life but you must learn how to pray so that you can get results you must learn how to pray remember we are not grasping for things things are already ours what we are doing is you know um, engaging with the principles of god in the way that God has ordained for them to be engaged in so that we can get the right kind of results for our life. So, what is our identity? Our identity is that which the Bible calls a royal priest or royal priesthood is what we have. We have an office called royal priesthood or you are a royal priest. First Peter chapter 2 verse 5 says, But you are God's chosen treasure. Think about that. You are God's chosen treasure. So, you are the treasure of God. You are the treasure of God. We've spoken about this word treasure in one of our Bible classes. Please again go back and watch it on YouTube. I think it's called Who is Your Daddy? I think it's part five that we spoke about the fact that you are a masterpiece. Right? You are not an ordinary person. God put his most uh, his, his, his most wonderful work in creating you. Alright? So you are God's chosen treasure. Now, if something is a, is a treasure, where do you put that thing? You don't put it somewhere just out in the field where anybody can vandalize it. You wouldn't do that. So when God has done up making you, bringing you to a new creation, God didn't just put you somewhere that anybody can vandalize you. No, God packaged you and kept you secured by the Holy Ghost. So you are God's cho chosen treasure. You are a treasure of God. Think about it. A, a salmon that builds self-worth. You are a treasure of God. You are a treasure of God. You are not a nobody. You are not a nobody or somebody that somebody somebody other people can trample on the floor. You are God's chosen treasure. The king of the universe declared that you are his treasure. The God who made the heavens and the earth declares that you are his treasure. If something is a treasure to you, you don't commonize that thing. You don't put that thing anywhere that it can be vandalized or stolen. No, it's a treasure. When something is your treasure, you do everything you can in your power to take care of it. If you buy a new car that's a, a treasure to you, say you buy a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, or it could, doesn't even matter what kind of brand it is, for you, that car is a treasure. What do you do? You can, you can be in your room, you, you draw the blind and check the car out. You just enjoy looking at that car. You enjoy, you know, not just looking at it, you enjoy driving it. You are so happy when you step into the car, you take care of it, you, you, you clean it up and make it look good. Why? Because it is a treasure. If something is a treasure, it's not something that you commonize. I want you to get that into your subconscious mind that you are a treasure of God and God chose you to be a treasure which means you are not a 
commoner. You are not an ordinary person. You are not somebody to be trampled upon. When God, you know, looks at you, he sees a treasure, something that makes him happy, something that he enjoys. That's the reason why God is living inside of you, right? His spirit lives inside of you. And that spirit that lives inside of you is a spirit that enjoys living inside of you. You are There's nothing evil about you at all. God enjoys you. God enjoys you. Praise God. So, you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings. A spiritual nation that set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. Now, he claims you as his very own. He did it so that you will broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. The Bible here says, not only are you chosen, not only are you a treasure of God, you are also a priest who is also a king. So you are a priest king or a king priest. You are a nation of God. You are the nation that God owns, a spiritual nation of God. You are God's devoted one. You know, you are God's devoted one. It means you, you are devoted to God. You have been, you, this, you are God's, you belong to God. Does that make sense? All right. But not only that, God took you out of darkness and brought you into his own light. And God claimed you as his own, which means you there's, a, there's, um, there's an emblem upon you that is called made by God, owned by God. In the realm of the spirit, if you were to see a stamp on your body, if, if it's possible to see that, it will say, this one belongs to God. Praise God. But why did God do that? God did that so that you will be a broadcast of the glorious wonders of God throughout the world. You know, with the advent of YouTube and all this live streaming, you, you don't need a physical church. Of course, we need a physical church um, to allow us to come together and bond and grow together in fellowship. But in terms of reach, you can actually reach uh, farther in the world than before you had a live stream. You know, before you might just have people within your community, maybe 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people that you can reach with your message. But these days, you can get this message now, you know, to the end of the, end of the world, or end of the world, you know, so to the end of the world, rather. So that's what God is saying here. You are meant to broadcast the glorious wonders of God throughout the world. How will you do that? By learning to understand that you are what? A priest who is also a king. You belong in the kingdom that prays. But you are a king yourself. You are an under ruler under God. So this scripture is saying you are a king who is also a priest, or you are a priest who is also a king, or you are a kingdom of priests. You know, essentially you are a king who is also a priest. Now, as a king, what does that mean? It means your word never fails. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes verse 8, verse 4, where the word of a king is, there is power, and who may say unto that king, What do you do? So, as a king, you need to know that your words carry power, that your words cannot be contended. What you say goes. What you say goes. You know, you are a king. You have that authority. All right. But what of a priest? As a priest, you are an intercessor. God put the priestly uh, office in place during the time of Moses, and their responsibility was to represent the people before God. So, you as a priest now, you represent other people before God. You don't necessarily need to represent other believers because they are also a priest, right? But you are meant to represent people in your family, possibly who have not known Jesus, people in your community who have not known God. You are meant to, you know, intercede on behalf of the nation in which you live. You are meant to intercede on behalf of your neighborhood in which you live. 
Look at Deuteronomy chapter 24, 21 verse 5. What he says? He says, Then the priests, the sons of Levi, shall approach. For the Lord your God has chosen them. He has chosen the priests to do what? To serve him and bless in the name of the Lord. The priests are meant to bless in the name of the Lord. They bless in the name of who? The Lord. And every dispute and every assault shall be settled by them. So these people are people that God has put in there to settle matter. You know, the day God showed me this scripture, as God was telling me, now under the new covenant, you are a royal priest. You're not just a priest standing alone in the office of intercession. You are also a king. Now, which means you can pray and intercede for your community. You can decide and judge a matter. You can say, this is not allowed in my neighborhood. You can do that. You can do that. And what you say is what you are going to get. What you say is what you are going to get. So God wants you to know that you are an under ruler under him. You are an under ruler under him. And that's why Jesus Christ says, God allows what you allow. God allows what you allow. And God rejects what, you are reject, what you've rejected. So what have you allowed in your life? And what have you rejected? I'm going to give you an, an example about how we can be speaking with our mouth with something looking for something and we're speaking our mouth and we think we're praying but we are in our hearts rejecting it let me give you an example suppose you are believing god for a child you're believing god for a child and you say father lord give me a child father i thank you now that you have given me this child thank you lord for a child a wonderful child now you are praying that prayer you are vocalizing those words out of your mouth but the question is what pictures what imagination are you holding on to as you're making our prayers as you're, as you're professing your prayers or speaking your prayers out of your mouth what pictures were you holding on if the pictures you're holding on in your heart are pictures of maybe you're afraid that the child when the child is born it will have sickness he or she will have sickness or something like that then you are invalidating your prayer even though you are using your mouth to pray the image you are holding in your heart is a negative image and therefore you are you are really counteracting your prayers and god answers the prayers of your heart so when that child is born because your prayer now is laden with fear the grace of god the grace of god we walk to ensure that that child is not born because the picture you are holding in your heart is a picture of negativity because you are praying your prayers in fear god does not answer the prayers of fear so i just want you to understand that so you might be looking for a child but you are holding a picture of a fearful picture in your heart because God does not want that fearful picture to come to pass, His grace doesn't get that prayer answered so that you will not be running around elter and scatter. So, when we pray, let us be careful what we hold, the pictures we hold in your heart. Now, if you find yourself in a situation whereby you have heard pictures that are contradictory to what you are holding, you know what you can do. Don't be under condemnation or guilt. Just say, Father, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. Remember, you're a king. You can say what you have. If you have believed, if you have looked at it, if you have built a picture in your heart that's laden with fear, you can call that picture and tear it off and say, I tear this picture off now in the name of Jesus and I paint a new picture 
right now in the name of Jesus. Now, you may have to do that 30 days, 40 days, 100 days, you know, before your heart totally gets it. Because like, like I said last week, the heart is malleable. You may have to do that over and over again. But if you do that, you can tear down any wall. You can tear down any barrier. You can tear down any uh, stronghold that has been built in your heart that is holding you back from achieving or enjoying the best that God has for you. Listen to me carefully, people of God. Psalm 105, verse 16 says, The heavens belong to our God. They are His alone, but He has given us the earth and He has put us in charge. The Bible here says, God has put us in charge of the earth. What this means, people of God, is God will not do anything on this earth without the involvement of humans. That is what he has done. That is what he has put in place. This is the reason why God could have brought Jesus. Like I said last week as well, God could have brought Jesus by just snapping his fingers. He could have done that. He has the power to do that. But he wouldn't do that because he has given the earth to the sons of men, to the daughters of men. He has given us that. And that's why he had to come through the instrumentalities of humans. He had to come through a, 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 a woman called Mary. And even with coming through Mary, Mary had to agree. Mary had to agree to what God said. I don't know whether you're getting it. There's, a, there's an agreement required on your part. The promises of God, like I said last week, do not just magically show up in your life. You have to lambano. You have to agree with it. When God says a word to you, it is your responsibility to say, so be it unto me according to your word. You have to agree. That is the way prayer works. When a word comes out, agree with it. Also, when you are uttering prayers, utter your prayers in tandem with the promises of God. If there is a promise in the Bible that Christ has achieved for us, you have the right without disqualifying yourselves to believe that that promise is for you. And you got to lay hold on it. And when you lay hold on it, remember, hold the right picture in your heart. Matthew chapter 18 verse 18 says, Receive this truth. truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you release on earth will be considered to be released in heaven. God here, because he has put us in charge, says, You now have a responsibility to do what? To enforce your rulership on the earth. And how do you do that? It is by what you forbid on earth. Heaven says, forbidden. What you release on earth, heaven says, released. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. So the question now is, how do you forbid or release something on the earth? This same scripture has the answer. In, the, in verses 19 to 20 of this same text, it says, again, I give you an eternal truth. Again, why did he use the word again? Because he's trying to reiterate something that people may have missed the first time he said it. He said, listen, I'm telling you a truth. I'm saying this to you again. So please pay attention. That's what Jesus Christ was saying. And he says to you, if two of you agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them this scripture is saying god says the way to forbid or to release something on the earth is to agree with somebody else is to agree with somebody else and do what ask for that thing in prayer 
make your declaration in prayer when you pray a prayer of agreement you forbid something on earth and you release something on earth by pray and prayer is nothing more than what communication with god making a decree and declaring what you want all right so in the amplified version this text matthew chapter 18 verses 90 to 20 reads again i tell you if two of you on earth agree that is you are harmonized together you make a symphony together like like somebody who's singing a song right about whatever anything and everything that you want that they may ask again ask it will come to pass and be done for them by my father in heaven for wherever two or three are gathered drawn together as my followers in my name there i am in the midst of them so this text is saying god expects us to pray and ask him for things even though these things are already ours why did god make it this way why did he say look listen even though this these things are already yours you have to pray for them again the heavens belong to god the earth he has given to the sons of men before god can enforce anything on the earth god needs man's agreement god needs man's agreement god needs agreement from you before it can move in your life let me explain that so that you don't it doesn't become performance mindset what i'm saying here is this god did not wait for you to give your life to jesus before christ died for you so christ died for you without your permission as it were he died for you because that's what god wants to do god wants to redeem all everybody from the from this uh, from the kingdom of darkness god wants to bring us to how we should be what he had in mind for us god wants us to come to that knowledge right okay so god graciously performed that made that available but do you know salvation you have to partake of it you have to reach out your hand and take it salvation is for all but you still have to vocalize and give your life to jesus when the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ comes to you, you can you have a choice to reject or accept. In all of that, God's grace is still there to help you, to, to help you to believe, right? But you still have to reach out. It is never forced on you. It's never forced on you. This is the way the kingdom of God works. So prayer works this way as well. When a word of wisdom is when a word of wisdom comes or a promise of God, a promise of God in the Bible jumps at you right you have to receive it you have to agree with it. i say father i thank you i receive it this man when you do the two of you are working together so in this text when you bring a third person two of you are agreeing together concerning a thing jesus christ said i am the third person in that conversation i'm the third person in that conversation when you make an agreement concerning something you are the god christ is the third person in that conversation now you know there's a scripture that says a three-fold cord cannot be easily broken which means you and this other person are praying christ is the third person in that conversation christ has become the third fold and the three-fold cord cannot be broken now which means that when two of us when he says in this text when two of you are gathered in my name i am in your midst that's a three-fold cord right but he says that the reason why this prayer gets answered is because he's in, he's in our midst do you get it the reason why our prayers get answered is because it's in our midst so and that's why i tell couple if you're if you're married for example 
and it, uh, you know that 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 force that you two, two of you coming together you can achieve anything in this life you know the bible says one which is a thousand two which is ten thousand why if you agree when you agree and that's the reason why the devil goes all out all the time to cause division in the body of christ cause division in the family cause division in the home you know, and therefore, when we are working against one another, we don't see the result where we ought to get. But it's not God who is holding back. There's a principle here. You know, just think about it this way. If God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are working at cross purposes, the whole world will self-destruct. It will never happen. But the Bible says, the Lord your God is one. The Lord your God is one. The Lord your God is one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they never work against one another. They are always in tandem you know in in purpose they are the, the 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 administration and the manifestation might be different but the purpose is always the same so god is giving you a hint in prayer if two of you shall agree and ask god for some for for, for something in the symphony symphony of prayer you know the word symphony is like a it's, it's a music music concert right you know all this all the orchestra all the songs are coming together in unity and it be, be produce beautiful songs right symphony of prayer so when you pray you are praying in unison god said if you agree to god if you if you agree to ask god for something in a symphony of prayer my father will do it why because when you are united that way you draw in the presence of god now remember god never left his, pre his presence is always with you he never left he never left anywhere but to activate or experience uh, the, 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 the salvation of God. When I talk salvation, I'm not talking about giving your life to Jesus Christ. I'm talking about what Christ died for you to enjoy. It is absolutely important to be united. So today, one of the things I want to really focus on is about this power prayer of agreement. Which means that if there's something in your life that has not moved, find somebody who agrees with what you are believing God for. Listen, I'm not saying go and ask anybody to pray, pray for anybody who doesn't understand what you're praying for. If you are asking somebody to pray with you who does not even believe in what you're praying for, it's a bloody waste of time. That person is going to slow down your prayer. You need to find somebody who agrees with you. You can hold hands together. You can pray on Zoom. You can do whatever. But agree. Agree together concerning that thing. The Bible says, my father will do it. Why? Because when you two of you agree concerning that thing, the, the third person is in your midst. His name is I am. Jesus, I am that I am, is in your midst. And he says, it is the I am that I am that is in your midst, is the one that will cause it to happen for you. Sometimes back, we had a prayer meeting. And this prayer of agreement thing was really explained to me by my friend Diola. You know, Diola says to me, he says that, you know, when you engage in a prayer of agreement with someone, that agreement cannot be invalidated even if one of you change your mind. If one of you in that prayer says, no, I don't want to do it again. You cannot, you cannot, you know what you have to do? To invalidate that prayer of agreement, the parties have to come together again to break it. The prayer of agreement is a covenant between two people. And you, you understand it in, in marriages, right? If you say you are married to somebody, you can't just say on the phone, I don't want to marry you again. No. If you're married to somebody and you want to get a divorce, you have to come together and agree and sign papers and put things apart, right? That's the way prayer of agreement works. You want to, you want somebody, you, you pray with somebody, you agree with somebody concerning something, you want that thing to break, you got to come back together and go, okay, let's agree. We don't want to agree again. Let's disagree it. There is no longer a covenant. 
But when you pray a prayer of a prayer of agreement, it is a covenant. It's a covenant. I remember in this prayer of agreement here, when two of you come together in the name of Jesus Christ, who is there? Who is there in the midst? Jesus Christ says, I am in the midst. So now, if I come to you and say, let us pray a prayer of agreement that is according to the will of God. So for example, you believe in God for healing, for finances, for breakthrough in your marriage, whatever it is you are believing God for, that is according to the word of God. Not like, oh, I, I, I fancy a, another, another man's wife or I fancy another, man's, another woman's husband. That is not in the will of God. That will never happen. God, would, God is not a party to that. You understand? Or you want to say, Lord, I just like to be lazy. I don't want to work. That is not a prayer that God is going to answer. All right. So I'm talking about serious things here. Like if you believe God for something great in your life, Today, I, I am asking you, pray a prayer of agreement because royalty prays and royalty prays and royalty come into um, a gathering, right? To agree the way to shape things for you. You can pray for your country. You can pray for your politician. You can pray for your leaders. You can pray for your children. You come together in a prayer of agreement and hold hands and pray. And say, Father, we agree together in the name of Jesus. Now, remember what I said? Make sure the person agrees with what you are about to pray for. Don't just pick any random person. Know their, their, their spiritual state, that they agree with what you're praying so that you can be praying in the same frequency. So, a prayer of agreement cannot be invalidated. The same way marriage cannot be invalidated unless you come together again and say, we are dissolving it. Why? Because it's a covenant. So, a covenant is always active regardless of physical location. A covenant is always active regardless of physical location and therefore a covenant demonstrates the power the, the same power of unity that created the universe and this covenant is underwritten by blood and is always binding so god the father god the son god the holy spirit each one of them was involved in the creation of the world in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 the bible says in the beginning god god elohim god the father created the heavens and the earth but the earth, the earth was what? Was without form and void. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That God is Elohim, which is the three of them created the heavens and the earth. But the earth was formless and void and empty. And God, now the Father, looked at this and said, Oh, look at what's well, look at what is here. But in the process of looking, the Spirit of God was already what? Brooding. So God the Holy Spirit was brooding over the surface of the deep. And then God the Father said, Let there be light. The word spoken out of the mouth of God was Jesus. So God the Father spoke Jesus, and Jesus came in contact with the Spirit of God that was already bringing over the surface of the deep, and then there was the creation. This is the principle of creation. It is the unity of the Godhead in creation. Therefore, when you are, are praying a prayer that is you are united together with somebody to pray, you can be guaranteed that you have entered into a covenant, and that covenant cannot be broken. It will produce results in your life. So in a prayer of agreement, we have Jesus Christ assurance that the Lord will do what we have agreed on. Why? Because Jesus Christ himself is the third invisible person in that agreement. Praise God forevermore. A three-foot cord cannot be easily broken. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12. A three-foot cord cannot be easily broken. Amen. So how should we ask? How do we pray to get results? How should a king pray? You know, today I'm going to be talking about how when a king prays so let's talk about prayer like i said i won't finish this today i'll continue continue next week let's talk about prayer what is prayer i'm going to give you an illustration to explain what prayer is in my opinion <laughs> and then we step into the bible to see how that goes all right 
Okay, this week, usually I work from home uh, in my work, my business, I work from home mostly, you know, and, um, but this week I had to go to the city. I, ha I have a workshop in, in the city, so I took some time out to go and uh, run some, go to, go to the workshop. And uh, normally I'll come back around five, you know, just before I came back. So this particular day, I didn't, I didn't go to pick my children from school. Uh, I think it was, it was their mom that, that um, uh, went to pick them. So um, anyway, by the time I came back, uh, before I came back, my daughter was calling me. You know, as I was coming out of the station, she was calling me. I was on the phone um, to somebody else. I think I was canceling somebody on the phone. I was on the phone, so I couldn't pick. By the time I wanted to pick, the line uh, cut off. I said, okay, I'm going to see her because I was near the house. So I got home. When I got home, changed my clothes, sat down, and she came out. You know, my last my last daughter, she came out, and she sat down with me. And I said, I saw your missed call. She said, Dad, why didn't, pick us? why didn't you pick it up? I said, oh, sorry, I was on the phone with somebody, you know, but I was almost at home. I said, I'm going to see you. Anyway, what's up? So we, we started talking. And I said, oh, you missed it, didn't you? She said, yeah, yeah, I missed you. And we started talking. So she was just talking stuff about the things she wanted to build, the coding program she was doing. So we had a nice time just hanging out, father and daughter. All right, okay. A couple of days later, I was teaching them about ask and you shall receive and what, what the power of prayer. I was trying to teach them in the morning. We we'll have morning devotion just before they, they, they went to school. I was talking about prayer. So I asked my, my first child, I said, okay, what, is, what do you think prayer is? prayer is? My first child says, prayer is communion with God. Second one says, prayer, when you pray, we should pray with respect and expectation. I don't know, say, when we pray, you could just ask God for what you want, you know. Then, um, the, 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 and I asked, and I said, oh, Pray, prayer and ask God for what you want. And I said, but why is he asking for what you want? He said, it's God now. Ask for what you want. I said, okay, let me explain prayer. And I said, do you remember a couple of days ago when you came in and you sat down with me when I came back from school and we're just talking and just talking and just having a conversation? He said, yes. I said, did you ever in any of that, in that conversation for as long as we spoke, ask me for one thing? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, because I just enjoy <laughs> talking to you. And I said, baby, that is prayer. Prayer to God is when we anger with him and we just enjoy his presence. Prayer usually is not about asking for things all the time. Listen, before a need arises in your life, God knows. God knows. So when we come to the place of prayer, that's not the time when we're going to be recounting, Lord, you know I'm broke. Lord, you know I don't have money. Lord, no. God knows that you don't have those things already. What, how does he expect you to pray as a king? He expects you to issue decrees, to say, Father, I thank you that my job is on the way. Thank you that you, you generous, generously provide, provide for me. Therefore, I receive my provision. Thank you that all the promises of God, they are already yes in Christ Jesus. Father, I lay hold on the promise of God for my life right now. I make a decree as a, king, as, a, as, a, as a king's child that all things are working together for me. Father, I thank you for new jobs. I thank you for new opportunities in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, I decree and I declare that my eyes are open. I understand what I need to understand. I have wisdom from God. No, So you begin to vocalize these things out of your mouth. Why? Because that is how royalty prays. A lot of times we have been told to pray beggarly prayers, like God is holding something from us. One of the examples I like to use is in the life of Elijah. Elijah uh, had a, a fantastic, <laughs> um, I'll call it crusade experience on, on Mount, Mount Camel. You know, he, he called this, um, this prophet of Baal came around and they were trying to prove who is God Almighty, whose God is more powerful. Is it the God Almighty or the prophet, of, the, the, the idol Baal? And the prophet of Baal came and, and they, they were 
uh, praying to this idol bar to bring down fire from heaven you know because uh, elijah elijah gave them a, a, a challenge that says the, the the god that brings fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice that is placed here that is a real that's a real god that's the real deal all right so that's what he said so these guys started praying to their Baal, to their idol and they were praying oh Baal, oh Baal, oh Baal, oh Baal. then elijah started mocking them i said well maybe Baal is asleep maybe Baal is gone on holiday you know and then he was mocking them and mocking them and then after a while they started cutting themselves you know they were cutting themselves getting their blood to put on the on the place but i sure as tomorrow is going to be another day Baal never responded because Baal doesn't have no power right then Elijah came up on, on the scene and they say, in the name, actually, he didn't say the name of Jesus. He just, said, he just called the God of fire. And the God just came down and consumed, just like that, the fire came and consumed the sacrifice. And that's how, you know, uh, Elijah proved that God is the real deal, right? But at times when you hear believers pray, we pray as if we're praying to Baal, like God has gone on vacation. He's not, on, he's not around. He doesn't want to hear us. He's tolerating us. And at times, this the way we pray is because of the way we have been brought up to just moan and groan and beg and cry before God answers. No, you don't need to pound the door of God for him to answer. It's your daddy. It's your daddy. In fact, this scripture that we're sharing earlier, let me bring something to you here. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 13. I want to show you something that I found here. Luke chapter 9, verse 13. It says here, 11 actually. Luke chapter 11, verse 11 to 13. Right. Let me ask you this. Do you know of any father who will give his son a snake on the plate when he asks for a serving of fish? Of course not. Do you know of any father who will give his daughter a spider when she had asked for an egg? Of course not. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? So you see here what he's saying that if you will not treat your children worse or by giving them something horrible when they ask you for something good how will you think god will give you something horrible when you have something good do you see what i mean so at times when we pray to god we pray as if we're praying to baal like oh man god is god doesn't want me to have it so i have to beg and 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 beg before god then releases his hand we have turned god to baal in the way we ask for things and that is a wrong way to pray so today I just want you to go away with a mindset that says number one you you can have whatever you want there is a privilege of praying that we have as God's royal priests which enables us to take charge of our sphere of influence no evil should be allowed to perpetuate where you live or work but this can only be enforced as we embrace this beautiful privilege in God so as I begin to round up, because like I said, I'm going to have to take this. I don't want to rush this. I'm going to want to. I'm going to take it. Take my time actually, because prayer is very important. So one of the things you learn today is prayer of agreement. Number two is that you are not begging God. You're not a servant begging God and banging on the doors of God. Number three, God is not bad. God is not bad. God loves you. God wants to give you great things. All right. Now, as I round this up, as I round this up, I want us to make some decrees, right? So the rest of this teaching, I will continue uh, next week. I want us to just make some decrees, right? Now, I want to share something with you that happened to me. And then we make this decree, decrees and then we round up, okay? So, I mean, I've shared this in Bible study. So if you've heard it before, please forgive me, right? But I'm just going to guess for some of our, you know, internet audience may have not heard it before. So this will be good for them. You know, some, some months back, 
my wife was traveling she was traveling to somewhere and i had an, a bit of an unrest in my heart and i just kept praying i just kept praying lord protect my wife lord keep her safe lord protect my wife lord keep her safe lord protect my wife i just kept saying over and over and over and then for, you know this prayer was just ringing my heart and after a while you know the holy spirit spoke to me and said son i heard you the very first time you prayed i heard you the very first time you prayed <laughs> you know that was a shock right i heard you the very first time you prayed and what that meant to me was at times we could be tempted to think after we prayed god has not answered and then we get into repetitive prayer over and over and over and over and over the same thing praying over and over and over again and as lofty as that may sound that can actually lead you down the pathway of what I call performance-based Christianity, where we think unless we pray very, very long prayers, God will not answer our prayers. Or unless we pray very, very short prayers. You know, you know, there's no formula. There's no formula. Just believe that when you pray, God answers your prayers. The next thing that you should do when you know your prayers have been answered in the place of prayer is what? gratitude just begin to be thankful to god and say father i thank you that you've answered my prayer when a thought comes into your heart that wants to make you to bother and wonder has god not answered just say no daddy will always come through daddy has always come through my daddy is walking behind the scene i may have not seen it yet but god is going to come through for me father i thank you that you are coming through but i thank you that you have already come through i lay hold of this i thank you for it you just do that over and over again until that feeling goes away if the feeling comes back again just do it again so that's how you lay hold and pressing until you receive the answers that you are believing God for. Remember, God rejects what you reject. And God allows what you allow. Praise God. So, remember as a king, you utter words by decrees. The Bible says, where the word of the king is, there is power. Where the word of the king is, there is power. And who can say unto him, what do you do? Alright, so, we want, to, we want to make some decrees. We want to make some decrees, you know, um, I want you to pray, make a decree here. Let's just repeat this. It's going to be on the screen. I just want to do one or two decrees and then we we'll close. Again, I'll come back to this text uh, next week. All right. Okay. Say with me. I'm a living stone and I belong to the living stone. Actually, I'm going to make it. Let me show you the scripture first. First Peter chapter 2 verse 5 is a scripture. In the New English translation, it says, You yourselves as living stones are built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's a scripture. You can make a royal decree on the back of the scripture. Something like this. Look at what's on the screen. I'm a living stone and I belong to the living stone. I am built up as a habitation of the Lord. Christ is my cornerstone, an eternal security that cannot crumble, disintegrate, or fall apart. As Christ is chosen and precious in the sight of God, so am I. As a king priest, my sacrifices and praises are acceptable to God. I am the Lord's sanctuary. His life lives in me. I am the Lord's temple. I am holy, righteous, and acceptable to Him. My life glorifies God. I decree. Now, that's it. I decree. Word of the king. I decree that today is a day of what? A day of praise. A day of joy. A day of thanksgiving. A day of communion with God. In the name of Jesus. His praise emanates from my mouth continually. Amen. Now, that is a decree. That's a royal decree that you can make. So you can take scriptures in the Bible like that and turn them into decrees and just utter them out of your, your mouth. Remember, where the word of the king is, there is power. And nobody can say to you, what are you doing? What you say is what you are going to get. Next week, I will continue this, 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 this topic again. When a king prays, 
you are bound to see result. Where the word of the king is, there is power. And who can say to the king, what are you doing? Nobody can question you, what are you doing? But you have to utter those words as a king. As a you have to utter them as a decrease that's coming from the mouth of a king, of a, of a queen, of, of the mouth of royalty. And nothing in this world can say to you, what are you doing there? Why are you making those decrees? Because where your word is, there is power. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Thank you again for being part of the church service today. Again, I want to thank you very much for those of you who downloaded my book. Uh, as you know, the book became um, top. Uh, it came out on the, on the Amazon bestseller list. I just want to thank you very much for it. Uh, for those who couldn't download, I'm working with Amazon to try and figure out why that is. Um, so um, we'll try and do another promo very soon so that those of you who couldn't download, we can download it. But what most importantly, please remember, share them with your friends, share them with other people. Let them begin to see that God has crowned each one of us with glory and honor. Praise God forevermore. Now, for those of you who are going to be doing um, uh, home love sales, um, please, there should be a link during the service or later or, or later in the WhatsApp group that will come out again this week for you to please register, put your interest in there because we're trying to put together uh, a, a teaching series for you specifically so that we can begin to put things in place. Also, our church um, management software is, is going to get be getting ready by the end of the month by God's grace. You know, we're going to try and onboard as many people want to be part of our church. So, the reason for the church software is so that we can know how many people are really part of the church. You know, you know, so we have the platform, the WhatsApp, we have enough, we have hundreds of people there, which is great. You know, but what we like to do is have uh, people that we can say these are really, really our church members, if you know what I mean, and then we can begin to, you know, serve you, you know as well in a, in a different way we can have some sort of you can remember your birthdays we can say your birthday gifts and stuff like that. we can become more things can become much more personal essentially that's why we're doing that so we have a platform to serve you better so uh, please be on the watch out for the church management software uh, we're going to be reaching out to, to, to collect your details to create a household uh, profile for you you can go there and see how much money you have given to the church you can raise prayer requests you have your own personal dashboard as it were and that would be a great way you know to start things off all right god bless you thank you so so much again for being part of church i'm so excited for what god is going to do as you reign in life this series is going to take longer than i expected but it's okay is once you get how prayer works you can pray effective prayers that will change destiny praise god forevermore if you want to give your life to jesus i'm going to welcome you to the family of my father all you have to believe is this that christ died for you and on the third day he was raised again that's it he died for you he paid the price the penalty that you ought to pay he paid it on the third day he was raised from the dead now christ is seated at the right hand of god and god says if you put your faith in the death of jesus and what he did for you he declares you as what as a saint he declares you free from sin so we like to do that we like to do that all right praise god i'm so happy that you want to do that let us do that now now you, you might want to close your eyes if you don't want to close your eyes it's not, it doesn't matter god sees your heart repeat after me say dear lord jesus thank you so much for your sacrifice thank you that you died for me thank you that you died as me thank you god the father that on the third day you raised jesus from the dead the penalty for my sin has been fully paid. Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. I declare with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. Thank you for having me in Jesus' name. If you sincerely pray that prayer, 
and you believe in your heart the bible says now you are a child of the living god praise god forevermore all right so um as we go i wanted just to say a word of prayer for you i want to say to you that lines are going to fall to you in pleasant places I want to say to you that you're going to have godly heritage. I want to say to you that as this new week dawns, the blessings of God rest upon you. The grace of God opens door for you, doors for you that you cannot open by yourself. I pray for you that this week, you are going to have testimonies that will bring glory to the name of the Lord. Fear is far from you. Oppression is far from you. The Lord is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God forevermore. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, as we even as we go today, Lord, we thank you that you are always with us. We leave your presence, but knowing fully well that we are always in your presence. Thank you forevermore for what you have done and what you are doing. We give you praise and we worship you. In Jesus' name, we pray. All right, people of God, thank you so much for being part of church today. It's been an awesome time just teaching and talking about the goodness of God. Please remember, come next week as we continue this topic about prayers. And I will be sharing also with you some royal decrees, as you can utter decrees as we're about to get results. God bless you. I will speak to you another time. Shalom. Thank you for worshiping with us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. We were blessed to have you. We hope to see you again on Wednesday for midweek service at 6 p.m. UK time, morning prayers every Saturday at 6 a.m. UK time, and Sunday service at 8 a.m. UK time. The replay for today's service will premiere on YouTube at 10 a.m. UK time. For love offering, kindly use the bank details on your screen, or you can scan the QR code on your screen to give via PayPal. We invite you to join our monthly Practicality of Grace series every first Wednesday of the month. The series features discussions with guests who take your questions and show you how to practically apply God's grace in different areas of your life. You can send your anonymous questions to the live chat on the website at www.thelighthouse.org. That is www.thelighthouse.org. Or you can send an email to lights at thelighthouse.org Would you like us to pray with you? Kindly click the link that pops up in the live chat and fill the form or you can visit our website at www.thelighthouse.org and fill the request form. You can now book a counseling or prayer session with Pastor Davis on Calendly. Visit the link on the website or in the description box and follow the instructions to book a session. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok on the username that is displayed on the screen. Don't forget to comment, like, and share our messages. Until next time, remain in your identity in Christ Jesus.
unstoppable, immeasurable. Nothing can compare to you because you are God. God all by yourself. Nothing added, nothing missing. You are everything encompassing. And that's why I will praise you. All power.